Hey Housebound Heroes, it's Alex here and today we're going to talk about coffee. And now I'm not just going to tell you about coffee, I actually want to share my personal testimony with coffee. I'm going to share some stories and I guess the way that my perception and understanding of coffee has changed and sort of where I'm at now and how much I just freaking love it. So I wrote a piece that I want to share with you. I just sat down and just started typing up stories of my memories of my journey with coffee and I know this sounds really coffee snobbery but it, and it's probably the most Melbourne podcast you're ever going to listen to uh, but this again it's my podcast I want to talk about whatever I want I like talking about coffee so here's my journey with coffee check it out so this is an important question stated the interviewer where did you get the best coffee you've ever had Sitting in a group interview for the role of a trainee barista, I started to panic. As the other candidates started reeling off their favorite coffees, I racked my brain for an answer that wasn't a lie, but avoided the confession that I'd never had a coffee in my life. Uh, I was in Italy earlier this year, and the coffee there is amazing, said 18-year-old Alex. It wasn't a lie. The coffee in Italy is good, apparently. The interviewer and the other candidates nodded in agreement. I got that job. I started my journey as a barista, having never tasted a coffee in my life. Little did I know that this would be the start of an exciting journey. Sitting in the Geelong City McDonald's, my best mate convinced me that I had to try coffee. I get a cappuccino with two sugars, he stated. You get energy from the caffeine and the sugar. You have to try it. So there I was, face to face with the first coffee I'd ever had. You never forget your first. Nah, I don't rate that. I spluttered as I sipped the steaming hot cup of bitter milk. You'll get used to it, my mate reassured me. In my barista role, we were trained in one part of the process at a time, starting with learning how to steam the milk through to extracting the espresso shots and then finally, you know, piecing it all together to complete the final product. When I started learning about extraction, I was curious to try it again. The smooth crema that settled on top just looked so appealing. Plus, those 6am starts really started catching up on me. I saw caffeine as the perfect remedy. Cappuccino with two sugars, just like my mate had taught me, became my order. There was something about that creamy froth and those chocolate sprinkles that allured me in. I started working at a cafe at uni and I had the freedom to dabble further, trying mochas and macchiatos. I also enjoyed the cheeky iced coffee from time to time. But the thing that I never got was people who drank coffee without milk. It just looks so bad. Then, a fateful discovery changed the trajectory of my coffee life forever. I feel so gross, I said to Christine. It's like every afternoon this week I've just felt really gassy and bloated. Maybe it's something you've been eating, she suggested. I reflected on the week I was having in Tidal River on Beach Mission and realized a morning regular trend had occurred. Every morning I'd go down to the general store and grab a dare iced coffee. Could it be? Could I be? lactose intolerant. After a few weeks of removing dairy from my diet, I quickly realized that this isn't normal to feel gassy and bloated every day. I felt great, but there was one problem. What was I going to do about my coffee? What was going to happen? I pushed through for a little while, trying to have a cappuccino from time to time, slowly progressing to a macchiato, you know, the ones with just a little bit of milk. Then I decided I'm going to make a leap into black coffee. At first, the bitterness and its intensity was overwhelming, but it wasn't too long until I really bought in. I realized that what I was tasting was actually coffee. All this time, I'd basically just been drinking flavored milk. 
Milk hides the, the low quality coffee you're actually consuming. For example, at the share house I was living in, I used a pod machine. Now let's just put aside the fact that they had just straight up landfillers and focus on the fact that coffee they produce is kind of shit. This is when I made that transition to stovetop coffee makers, you know, the mocha pot. You put them on the stove, you put a bit of coffee in, the water boils through and, and comes out the top as nice, hot, black coffee. Sure, it was a bit slower than a pod machine, but the outcome tasted way better. In a strange twist of fate, I actually had a really tough experience with a mocha pot in Italy, the country that I lied about earlier to get my job. Christine and I had embarked on a five-week trip around Italy, Greece, and Turkey. Our first stop was Rome, one of my favorite cities in the world. We'd rented a cute little apartment in walking distance from the Colosseum. In it, it had a cute little mocha pot and some coffee grind. So I decided to make up uh, some coffee for us to enjoy in a little balcony in Rome. As it sat on the stove, something wasn't quite right. It was taking a lot longer than it should, especially considering how small it was. I continued to wait patiently, and after a little while longer, I decided to have a peek and see if any coffee was coming through. As I lifted the lid and stared down into it, a hot spray of brown liquid exploded out of the pot and into my face, up the walls, on the floor, up on the roof, into the curtains, everywhere. The mocha pot was faulty and had backfired on us in a big way. We spent the next while scrubbing the floors, the walls, the curtains, but coffee stains. We messaged our host to inform her of what had happened. She never replied. But thankfully, she never left a bad review either, so our Airbnb reputation remains untarnished. As I alluded to earlier, without milk, I started to appreciate the value of good quality beans. I started asking cafes about single origin beans and learning about local roasteries. It became a fascination to learn about the process of where beans are sourced and how they're roasted. One day I encountered someone using an AeroPress and so began my journey to filter coffee. I loved the process of using an AeroPress, how meticulous you could be to get the best tasting coffee possible. After my friend taught me how to do it, I went and immediately bought one along with a hand grinder because I also learned that grinding your own beans was way better than buying pre-ground beans. You get them fresher and nicer to start with. Later, I was discovered, I discovered pour over coffee, courtesy of living in Brunswick. At first, I wasn't sold on it, but I think it must have just been a bad batch because I quickly became obsessed. If, I pl- uh, if, a, if a place didn't offer filtered coffee, whether it was a batch brew, a pour over, or a cold drip, I wouldn't get a coffee. I bought myself a V60 pour over kit, then it all spiraled in from there. Next, it was a gooseneck kettle with temperature control so I could specify the temperature of the water I was using to make my coffee because boiling water can ruin a good bean and the gooseneck helped me perfectly control how I poured it. Then I got a cold dripper so I could make my own cold drip at home instead of paying overs for it out in a cafe. Then I bought some nice mugs to really complement the experience. Coffee was no longer just this quick energy kick in the morning. It was a ritual. As I dived deeper into the world of coffee... I fell in love with hand-poured coffee. It wasn't just the taste that I appreciated. I enjoyed the process. In a world of pushing buttons, the artistry of making the right cup of coffee drew me in. There was one issue though. How could I possibly fit this process into my rushed morning routine? The solution? Wake up earlier. Take my time waking up. And I know what you're thinking. It's pretty revolutionary, right? Well, it was. 
As a result of my new approach to coffee, my morning routine changed, and subsequently, so did my day. The process of making hand-poured coffee became a mindfulness activity for me. As I focused on the process of making it, I thought of nothing else. I was truly in the moment, taking in what was in front of me. In an era where being constantly on the go and connected to the world uh, is such a priority, there's something powerful about stopping and focusing in on one simple task. For me, extending my morning routine to allow myself to spend time crafting my morning brew allowed me to pause and just be present before the rush of the day consumed me. Coffee told me that it's okay to step back and slow down in life. When I find myself rushing around, I forget to simply exist and be in the moment. But when I remove distractions and focus on what is in front of me, I can center myself, breathe, and simply be present. So I've become a coffee evangelist. For example, last year my brother and I went to Japan. And and Japan, to the surprise of some maybe, has one of the biggest and best coffee cultures in the world. And they've mastered the art of pour-over coffee. My brother, who's a tradie, had previously scoffed at my coffee snobbery, quickly became consumed by good coffee on our trip in Japan. Every day we tried a couple of new cafes, making friends with the baristas and learning how to master the yard ourselves. When we got home, I bought him a V60 set for his birthday and now he too is a fellow coffee snob. Tick, another convert. As cliche as it sounds coming from a 20-something Melbourneian, coffee is actually a big part of my life. It's the way I start every day. It's the way I focus and center myself to get the day off to a good start. And it's a place and environment where you can have um, community over a cup of coffee. And we're really privileged to be able to live in a city with so many great cafes and roasteries to really connect with people over. And at this time where cafes and roasteries are closed, uh, it can be hard because we don't have those meeting places and it's hard, you can't have people over. Uh, But in the meantime, let's support our local cafes and roasteries and making sure that they're still there when when this is all said and done. For me, one of the ways I do that is I have a coffee subscription where uh, through a company called Playground, I get monthly supply of coffee from a local Melbourne roastery. So that's one way I contribute. Another way is just getting takeaway from cafes in my area to making sure that they have some source of income. And so that's something maybe you can consider doing as well. If you have any other questions about coffee, hit me up. I'm more than happy to chat about coffee. I froth it. Actually, I don't froth it because I don't have milk anymore. I brew it. I brew coffee. This is your host, Alex. Chat soon. Thank you.